Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are going to do another, we like doing these podcasts where we get to answer your questions. Whenever Julie and I see a recurring theme of questions, when she gets emails, <laughs> you guys a lot of times will email us both the same question. Um, but when we see recurring themes of questions that are coming from agents across the country, we always pull those out because it's great fodder for a podcast. And that is what we're doing today. But specifically, and Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. I think it's going to be another fun one. Great questions. Yes. Yes. So, Julie, read the question I just put in the um, in chat to you, and you decide whether you want to do that or not. It's not, you know, it's kind of uh, not, it's yeah, poorly written, fine. but and I didn't have time to edit it. But so, listen, okay. guys. So here's, here's the punchline. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and Pamela, I know you're a listener, and I know you wrote us kind of a terse email, but that's okay. I'm still going to answer your question. See, we love you anyway. So uh, what we're going to do is we are pulling out the questions that we have seen, I don't know, probably five times in the past week, each of us, and then we're going to answer them. And we're going to answer them as succinctly as we can. Um, And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll give you the tactical, practical answers that you've been looking for. And these questions pertain to issues that you're having. So if the first question we read isn't in your, uh, you know, issue, it wasn't and and isn't an issue you're having, well, then stay tuned. Maybe the third or the fourth one will be. So we're going to go through these relatively quick. Um, And before we do, I want to remind all of you that if you have not downloaded, if you have not grabbed your copy of the Real Estate Treasure Map, and I did get some people saying they tried to schedule a coaching call yesterday, listeners um, who wanted to have a coaching call scheduled yesterday, and you were uh, told that you couldn't have one for a few days, well, we opened up availability. So I know for a fact that right now, as of this very live podcast, that we have 27 spots available for the next two days. So if you'd like to have a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, all you have to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996, and then you'll be sent a link to schedule the call yourself. Um, or if you're not on your mobile device, which would be about two of you, you can also then just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. But the quickest and easiest way for a vast majority of you is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, you'll be off to the races. And just by doing so, we're also going to give you six free books. The Real Estate Treasure Map is the one I want all of you to download the quickest. And another quick reminder, please do go to Amazon. This is your homework from podcast between here and or between now and the next 30 days, basically. Go to Amazon and pre-order um, Harris Rules. Just put in Harris Rules into the search bar, and the new uh, teal green book will pop up. That's going to start shipping in less than 30 days. Rumor has it, from what I'm being told, that we think that they're going to sell out, or I say we, it's the publisher going to sell out of the first printing of it, which would be really cool. So please do pre-order the book, and um, 
yeah, help us make that another international bestseller like version 1.0 was of Harris Rules. This new book, guys, you're going to love it. If you bought the old book, you definitely want to get the new book as well. And I did check. The uh, publisher is discounting it if you order on pre-order, and I think it goes up by like 50% after the, uh, they start shipping, which is the beginning of next month. So just go to Amazon and drop in the word, or drop in the, you know, the book name, Harris Rules, and you'll find it. And, yes, that's all the announcements I have. Julie, let's just jump in. Yes. Okay. So let's start with Pamela's, uh, uh, because I think hers was pretty recent uh, email to you, of a Pamela from Hilton and Highland Realtors. So, and I'm not certain, I haven't had a chance to look up whether Pamela is a coaching client or not. If you are one of our she's premier not. coaching clients, I'd be happy to. Okay, she's not. So this is something yeah, that but you also can, comes up in our premier right. coaching. So just so that that's out yep. there, that this is pretty typical. Okay, now Pamela is uh, sending an email in reaction to yesterday's podcast, which was called The Ultimate Addendum. And if you guys recall correctly, The Ultimate Addendum is a counteroffer to get the lending tightened up early and to get the lender to get off their duff and get cracking on things like a um, you know verification of income, verification of employment, all the stuff that happens later in underwriting, we're giving them 10 business days to get cracking on that. And meanwhile, of course, you're doing your inspections and all the rest. Now, here's her email. Uh, she writes, I just, heard the episode, I just heard the episode about how to save deals from falling out. And basically, it was adding an addendum to contracts. I'm so confused. You say to put in a counteroffer that the buyer has 10 business days to verify proof of funds, et cetera, and to make sure that the deal really was not contingent on selling a property or getting money from another source, et cetera. Why would you not, before accepting an offer, when you get the offer with the pre-approval letter, you also get proof of funds and ask for proof of funds with the offer, would that not save the 10 days? This is how you avoid tying up a property on something that could have been discovered right away. Okay, so that's a little bit hard to get through. There's several things going on there. Obviously, if it is cash, you're going to ask for proof of funds and be done with it, and you don't have to do as much work on the underwriting because there will be no underwriting on an all-cash deal. So that's issue A. Issue B is, yes, this is, while negotiating, this is a counteroffer, and like all counteroffers, including price or terms or anything else, it is either accepted, modified, or rejected. Once it's accepted, it becomes part of the contract and the clock starts ticking. Just like your inspection days and everything else, they've got 10 business days to show that they have a loan for real, as it were. As it were. So, yes, um, and I apologize if I didn't here, explain Julie, that here's more the clearly. Caveat. Here, yeah. Right, so here's the issue with, her question. So first of all, I don't think she intended just to imply that the question only was pertaining to cash offers. So I think she was yeah. just saying in general, she didn't That's understand the whole point. Okay, I got it. So the point of it is, is that the lender's letter is oftentimes, Pamela, a bunch of bullshit. That's the problem. Ultimately, the lender's letters that agents accept on a routine basis as a listing agent or a buyer side, uh, it, they're not any good. Because the lender is, and I coach lenders, though I don't coach them to do this, they, lenders are um, trained to not ever spend any time on a file beyond a cursory credit check so that they can just basically turn through a bunch of applications. So that's the reason that you can have any of your borrowers call up a lender, and the lender will just have a phone call and maybe a little bit of a soft pull on their maybe just check one uh, you know, credit uh, reporting agency, and they'll send you off a lender's letter. So what the point of the addendum was is to root out whether the, the lender actually did their job. That's the essence of it. And so one of the things that Julie talked about yesterday, and she did probably cover too much ground yesterday. That was my fault. Um, you know, we should have made that into a two-day show so we could get a drill down more on the points. 
But the essence of it was is that if you get a lender's letter and it has any of this sort of lender code language in it, subject to um, things like that, subject to the verification of, there's another one, verification of, what you're going to, what, what that is, is a lender basically uh, telling you that if you know how to understand what they're saying, that they have actually not verified the income, verified the assets to close, verified the employment, verified anything. They just have done that cursory uh, credit check. You could have uh, a borrower in contract on something, and, and I gave you the example yesterday of the uh, lender or the borrower. I'm sorry, the buyer who basically had a house to sell, knew the seller wouldn't take a home sale contingency, knew the seller would take a financing contingency. So the financing itself was subject to um, the sale of the property, but the sale, so they had a fallback. So if the contract, for example, you know, the seller would happily take an, oh, no home sale contingency, great, got the price, got the offer, good, close in 30 days. Only contingent on financing, normal type of deal. But then the financing itself if you'd read the lender's letter, said in essence that it's subject to um, verification of assets to close or had little, you know, these, this is what lenders do. And sometimes agents will do the same thing. And what they're doing is they're sneaking in a home sale contingency because where the assets to close come from, they come from the fact that the house has, their current property has to sell. So unless you are sophisticated enough as an agent to really root out the validity of those buyer agent contracts and all those lenders letters, you're going to have some things to slip by you. The more transactions you do when you start doing, you know, you know, start going singles to dozens to hundreds to thousands, you're going to soon realize that a lot of this, these shenanigans are avoidable if you use something like what the addendum is. And that addendum is completely written out. It's available to our premier coaching clients. Julie, just go to the next question. We don't need to tag on that one. Yes, you got it. You got it. No worries. Okay, so from various emails, question number one. Again, we've combined many of these together. Lead generation is the theme of this question. How can I iron out my feast or famine cycle? And many of you guys will just call that the, uh, you know, the ups and downs. Some of you think that that's normal or you've been told that it's normal to have this feast and famine cycle. That's just part of being a salesperson. No, it's not normal. <laughs> Don't make it normal. So I wrote down three things, and then, Timmy, you can elaborate on some of these. Um, lead generation comes down to two different buckets, and I get really in the weeds on this with, in a good way, in the Harris Rules book, being very, very clear on this. You've got two buckets, people you know and people you don't know. So you've got people you know, those are past clients, people in your center of influence, like friends, family, relatives, neighbors. Um, and that uh, bucket, or spoke, if you will, tends to be the easier deals. However, they're also not predictable. Why are they easier? People you know generally trust you, or they wouldn't be friends with you. They wouldn't have been past clients. So Typically, they don't beat on you regarding commission. Oftentimes, you don't have to compete for their business. They're not asking to kick back commissions. Um, they're not on again, off again. They're pretty committed to you. So it's easy business. However, there's not a single listener out there that can right this second tell me, looking at your database, maybe you've got three or 400 people in there. Who's going to be your next listing? Can you tell me right this very second? Maybe if you've got a listing appointment set up for this afternoon with one of them, but barring that, it's not predictable. You can't tell me who it's going to be, what their sale price is going to be, how sellable it's going to be, if, if they're going to buy with you or not. Easy, but not predictable. Then you've got people who you do not know, such as many different categories, probate, expireds, unrepresented owners, a.k.a. for sale, uh, FISBOs, okay, for sale by owners, uh, new construction, developers, things of that nature, people that you do not know. Now, they are challenging, but 
I'm sorry, they are, yes, they're challenging because you need things like scripts, but they're also predictable. I can tell you that when you call using a script into any of these spokes in the wheel, people who you don't know using a spoke, that if you call, let's say, 10 expireds and you have real conversations, unless you're just being totally horrible with the scripts or swearing at them or something awful, which none of you will do, okay, you'll take at least one listing out of 10 real contacts. And, and if you don't do it right away with some practice, you will. It's predictable. Okay, so back to you, Tim. So the point of it is, is that you need to have, uh, when you're, one of the first things we teach you to do, and this is in the real estate treasure map, is we teach you to build spokes on the wheel. And the spokes on the wheel, in essence, that analogy is to uh, remind you that the more spokes the wheel has, the stronger the wheel is. So if you imagine an, uh, an old school bicycle wheel, and you know, obviously a bicycle wheel with one or two spokes, that's not a strong wheel. And if ultimately the wheel has uh, only one or two spokes and it hits a little pebble on the road, that wheel is going to collapse. When you have a center of influence, past client-based business, which is essentially what most of you have by default, then what you're going to discover is you have you're a very weak wheel, and the first little fart in the market, you're going to essentially have no money. And that is your own fault because you did not build a solid wheel. So what we always suggest everyone do is start with centers of influence and past clients, but do not stop with centers of influence and past clients, which Julie point and then from there you have to build spokes in the wheel that are all about proactive lead generation now again what most agents will do is they'll start with the centers of influence and past clients and then they'll go to passive things and then they're shocked and stunned when those things don't work they'll start buying leads they'll start um, doing internet marketing they'll start doing all this passive stuff why is because I, most of them aren't exposed to what we say as far as being proactive about going after lead generation. But what a lot of them arrogantly and ignorantly think is that real is essentially that picking up the phone and learning how to do real sales work is something of you know that's yesterday's news and you don't have to do it nowadays and somehow magically you can get all your business through uh, you know digital and Facebook and all that. Well. Here's the problem with that line of thinking. A, it doesn't work that well. B, the more people do it, it becomes oversaturated. But the ultimate reason that stuff doesn't work and it won't work ever is because of the fact that most agents, 99% of every agent out, of all the agents out there, will never want to do the real work. Follow me on this, guys. So when you are wanting to be successful, you want to go to where there's the least amount of noise. And there's going to be the least amount of noise amongst the agents who actually take the time to learn real sales skills. Our most profitable coaching clients are the ones that have disciplined scheduled days where they do what they don't want to do or they don't want to do it every day. And they do the proactive lead generation. And then they literally pick up the phone, guys. <laughs> now, they might have other spokes in place, but the reality of it is, is the spokes that they have in place are all proactive. They will not, most of them never meander into the passive lead generation because they don't have to because they've gotten efficient at the proactive lead generation. That's when you have consistent cash flow. That's when you have consistent deal flow. But most importantly, when you follow the outline of the business model that we propose to all of you, that's when you start having massive profit margins and then your world shifts because you have something that most agents and brokers will never experience. You have enough profit left over that you can reinvest that money and you become rich 
for your money works for you, and you no longer work for your money. But if you think you can buy your way to success because everybody else tells you that you can, because I know that's the current zeitgeist, you are wrong. You will discover that over time. You'll Five years will pass. Ten years will pass. And then you're going to listen to an old podcast, and you're going to say, why didn't I listen to Tim and Julie back then? That is what happens. We get those calls because we've been doing this podcast for a long time. We've been coaching for a long time. And on a regular basis, we get emails and calls. I listened to you guys back, you know, however long ago, and I didn't listen to you. I went ahead and did my big team. I went ahead and did my big branding campaign, my big direct mail campaign, my big digital campaign. I spent tens and thousands of dollars, sometimes more, and I have nothing to show for it. I should have listened to you. In one iteration or another, we get a lot of correspondence back from all of you like that. Don't be someone has to learn from other. You know, the smart man learns from uh, the mistakes of others. Or, or, no, I'm sorry. The smart man learns from his mistakes or woman, right? The brilliant man learns from the mistakes or woman of others. That's the category you want to put yourself in. So those of you who are just spinning up in your businesses, you're just getting started, don't make the same mistakes that people before you have. Just see where it got them and then decide whether or not that's the outcome that you're looking for in your own business. Julie? Absolutely. So, yes, there is no one thing. You guys are so addicted to looking for just one thing. If I just do this one campaign, it's going to save the day, lead generation. Well, many people have tried that. If you just look around, you don't have to spend that money and make that mistake, to Tim's point. Follow the spokes in the wheel model, and you will soon iron out that feast and famine in your lead generation. So, number two question always has to do with time management and scheduling. So here's the schedule question du jour. I keep writing one out, but I never follow it. Something always gets me off track. Now, there's lots of different ways you guys get off track. Some of you have distractions du jour, you know, like your go-to fire putting out hat goes on every day. And if there isn't a fire to put out, maybe you create one for yourself. So watch out for that. But really, we get down to daily minimum standards. And we've done podcasts about daily minimum standards as well as the concept of early warning signs. So what are those? Well, let's take those one at a time. And Tim, you can also supplement if you would like here. But the part of the problem with your guys' schedule, when I see them, is that they are in many cases, way over-engineered. Nobody's going to follow a schedule that says between 9 a.m. and 9.15 you do this, and 9.15 to 9.30. That's just literally impossible to follow. Ain't going to happen. So some of it's over-engineering. Some of it is you're trying to just cram too much stuff that has nothing to do with profitability into your day. Now, I understand kids' schedules, family schedules. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about office meetings and caravans and all this stuff that kind of sort of looks like work, but you can't tell me is actually leading to profit. So work on daily minimum standards, which center around only the following. Lead generation, prospecting and marketing, heavy on the prospecting part. It's more predictable. Okay, so lead generation, lead follow-up. Some of you guys are looking for the next best lead generator. Meanwhile, back in your voicemail, which is full, there's a bunch of leads that you haven't followed up on and closed. So you've got to get good at that. We've got podcasts about that. It's called 18 Relentless Lead Follow-Up Rules, also in the back of the Harris Rules book as as an appendix. Okay, so lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. That's it. If you don't have a presentation today, and you have nothing to negotiate, your only choices are lead follow-up and lead generate and maybe pre-qualify to set an appointment. Anything that's not on that list 
really and truly you should not be doing because you cannot tell me it leads to profit. So create your schedule that is based just on those things, those daily minimum standards. For example, a daily minimum standard would be you never end a work day. Really, this should be for any day, but especially work days, where you haven't followed up on your leads. That's just crazy to me. As somebody who makes a living from generating leads, following up on them, pre-qualifying and presenting, <laughs> you better be on top of those leads. That's an easy daily minimum standard that when you do it daily, honestly, for most of you, it won't take more than 20 or 30 minutes. So then you've got early warning signs in your schedule. Maybe every time that you are negotiating something, you have a little mini wig out and it consumes you. You can't allow yourself to do anything else until this one deal is negotiated. So that might be an early warning sign for you and you can get help for that. Listen to our podcast well, Joey, about negotiating. Learn how to you right. know, be so, more efficient. Go ahead. So the early warning signs, there's another really great well, think of a way to think of it, right? So if you're living in California, you've gotten used to having earthquakes that happen on a fairly regular basis just depending on where you live. And the seism seismology – what's the hell is the scientific term? I'm in Texas. We don't there you go, seismologist. Okay, sorry. Seismologist. Uh, need, I need more coffee, clearly. So, so the seismologist can predict how big of an earthquake is going to occur based on the little tiny pre-earthquakes, the trembles and all that. And, again, you guys have gotten all used to this. To you, know, you get these reports all the time. Don't even pay attention to them anymore. But the moral of the story is like you know the pollen count report here in Texas. You don't even pay attention to it. You just always assume it's like a couple degrees from deadly. We'll suffer. Anyway, so yeah, that's right. It's, it's on. It's, it's in the red zone, which is also called suffer. Mm -hmm. um, so your uh, with regards to these little tre uh, tremors in the earth. So these little tremors in the earth will then tell the scientists what's going to occur most likely, how severe the earthquake is going to be, where the epi you know the center is going to be, where there could be the most potential damage, where there'll be no damage. So there's early warning signs. All of us have early warning signs, too, as people. So you have an early warning sign, for example. You write down the things that you know you have to do on a regular basis, and you can combine uh, personal and, and professional with this list, by the way. But what you'll discover is that there's maybe only five things that you have to do every single day to make it so that was a fantastic day, right? So that at the end of the day, when you are sitting around, you're not, and this is, this is one of the keys to uh, curing the, you know, 3 o'clock, 3 a.m. real estate night sweats, is if you know at the end of the day you did everything you were supposed to do, even if you didn't have a closing, even if you didn't take a listing, even if, you know, there was no obvious uh, win for you that particular day. The very fact that you did what you were supposed to do when you were supposed to do it at the highest level on that particular day, the fact that you did that, you know that the momentum from that, you pick, you push the big heavy rock up the mountain ever so slowly, but eventually what happens is it starts to gain its own momentum as the, as the incline starts to level out. And that's what happens all the time, provided you stay the course and you keep pushing the rock. So the question is, what are your early warning signs? Now, if we had you on a coaching call, we would, you know, I would ask you these questions. Do you work out? Yes or no? And here's always what the answer is. No uh, or sort of. <laughs> you know, it's never yes. I Sometimes. work out every single day. Every, that's right. Every single one of you listening needs to be doing a real honest-to-God workout every single day. And we've uh, bemoaned our commitment to Orange Theory. You all should consider something similar if not Orange Theory itself. That is a fantastic overall way for you to meet or exceed your, your, physical, finance, your, your physical goals. Next up, 
And again, I'm not focusing on the business stuff, but I'll give you just a list of the normal ones that we always suggest to people. You want to give some form of obvious, overt, uh, show obvious or overt gratitude, uh, love towards your family members. And you have to do that every single day. You have, if you don't have a family, if you're single, then maybe the closest friends or your dog. You get the idea. You want to make sure you're always showing overt appreciation for the people that are most important to you and do that every single day because too often we all get stuck on our own heads and our, our own head junk makes us forget that we need to show appreciation to those other folks because as we're walking around as big stress balls those other people who are our family members are having to put up with us being big stress balls so you better put a little bit in their tank as far as you being uh, overt with your appreciation towards them or you're going to find that you might become more successful but at the other end of that you cross that success bridge you're going to not have anybody there to share it with and that's what unfortunately happens to a lot of agents a lot of professionals in general because they will sacrifice one thing in in other words their family life in their personal life too much for work it's not worth it guys because you're just going to be on the other side of that you know yes you're successful yes you this the other thing in real estate but no you have nobody that really gives a damn to share it with you so just for what it's worth keep that in mind the next one i would suggest obviously you know we can uh, we can you know bounce around the whole nutritional thing forever we're not we're business coaches we're real estate coaches but i would suggest julie and i are you know big advocates of taking some form of supplements um you know you want to make sure the body thing is really really important it becomes more important uh, the older you get because the more uh, the, when you're younger you can take a lot more uh, abuse. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Now, as far as on the business side of things, an early warning sign would be Julie touched on this one. Did you or are you accumulating leads or you setting appointments? If you're accumulating leads, then you're not doing a great job of basically setting appointments. Your job is not a lead accumulator. Your job every day is to set appointments. Sometimes some of you will contact us and you'll say. Well, you know, I'm generating. I'll ask you how many leads you'll say, and you'll say, well, "I've got a CRM with, you know, some ridiculous number of leads." Well, okay, how many listings do you have? Three. How many appointments do you have? None. How, you know, and then, then inevitably they're working with like three or four buyers, All right? And your desire is to be a listing agent. So, what do you? What is your actual proactive plan to call? Oh, what? Hold on. Call? No, 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 no Tim. I email. I, I, I direct mail. Well, that's not a plan. So you are going to accumulate leads with the hope that someday, miraculously, those leads will, you know, grow to these big, beautiful, you know, <laughs> sellers for you. It, it, that doesn't work. There's, there's been a lot of research that's shown that long-term lead follow-up with these big, fancy CRMs is, again, guess what I'm going to say? Yes, that's right, a big waste of money. So when you get somebody on the phone, if you use our script and you pre-qualify them and you set their appointment and you determine their motivation after you set the appointment, you go through all of this, that is what you should be doing every single day, not just accumulating a bunch of leads. Your big, massive lead follow-up databases are probably an enormous waste of money and time. That is not centers of influence. A lead that goes into a centers of influence a past client of campaign is not what you want to do. Again, some of you will say, I have a thousand people in my centers of influence of past clients, and we have to ask you, what is that? Def what is your definition of, of such? And you'll say, anybody I ever met, basically. Well, that is a list, but it's not the same as what your centers of influence and past clients should be. Those are people that you really know. Those are people that you've done a deal with. If, you, if you're new in the business, those are people, and again, Premier Coaching, we go over this, and we train you how to build your own list. And you don't need a huge list, by the way. Matter of fact, 
Most of you are going to do fantastic with three to 500 as your total center of influence past client list because you can really love on that list and make those people feel very uh, closely attached to you. And it's easy to do because it's a manageable size. You can split up the list by you know, the number of work days you are committed to for that particular month and start calling those people. Yes, if you want to do ancillary stuff like an occasional email or a, you know, direct mail, something or another, that's fine. But do not skip the, the calling steps. Another, for example, some of my more advanced coaching clients, Julie's as well, obviously, and all of our coaches, uh, we have a lot of our best clients who will have a minimum standard of setting one pre-qualified listing appointment a day. Now, depending on your business plan and your real estate treasure map and the rest of it, you might not have to set that many. But there's another, for example. Others I have that are disciplined prospectors, they'll have a certain number of contacts they have to make every day. You guys get the idea? So if you really think about what it is that makes it so that you have a fantastic business over time, it's going to be doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level in a disciplined fashion every single day. And really, if you wrote it down on a piece of paper, what are the things that if I accomplish today, what are the five things that if I do today, at the end of the day, I'm going to feel really successful regardless of the outcome because I did what I didn't want to do when I didn't want to do it at the highest level. The way to know the answer to that question is ask yourself ultimately, what are the things that I'm avoiding the most? What are the things I'm avoiding the most in my personal life and my business? Those are the things that you should be doing every single day, right? I just gave you some examples. Orange Theory, picking up the phone, right? Doing a thorough prequal. All those types of things are the things that, generally speaking, uh, agents want to avoid, people in general want to avoid. But those are the very things that will make the mo- have the most impact on your business and your personal life. So hopefully all of you guys understand the nature of what the uh, minimum standards concept is supposed to be. Don't overly complicate it. Don't have too many. Um, and then what those – so the minimum standards, what they are, is those are the things that you watch out for, and you write those things down on a piece of paper, and you put them in front of your you know, workspace every single day, and you check yourself against those minimum standards every single day. Those become your early warning signs, tying it back into the earthquake analogy. Those become your early warning signs, and if you see yourself not doing those five or maybe it's three or maybe it's six minimum standards every single day, that is your – indication that you're basically setting yourself up for probably some sort of you know colossal earthquake of some variety financial personal health you get it I mean look here's a, if your minimum standard that you know you should be doing is having a low-carb lifestyle having supplements every day uh, and you know doing some sort of vigorous workout having a normal weight all these types of things you know these things are true you don't do them Okay, what's the accumulation effect, the negative accumulation effect of, of just letting your health and those types of things progress in a negative way? Well, uh, maybe one or two or maybe even five years. That's a little bit of weight. But after 10 or 15 years, you are fat, right? That happens to everybody. It's because it's a small uh, road to expanding your waist size, and it doesn't just happen overnight. It's a, it takes one year, five years, ten years passes, and then you look in the mirror and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm fat. How did that happen? Well, it's because you didn't do what you were supposed to – you didn't do what you didn't want to do at the highest level over a long period of time. The same is true for your finances. The same is true for your relationship with God. The same is true with your relationship with your family. You guys get the point. So this is really the essence of what a schedule is. A schedule is a disciplined uh, approach to your day where you look at your 
minimum standards, and you schedule around getting those things done. We have sample schedules on the Real Estate Treasure Map and a lot of sample schedules um, in our coaching program. Some, And I'll give you guys a little hall pass because I know it's very difficult to have um, – a, a, Julie and I have uh, scheduled days five days of the week. Now, uh, when we started following a schedule personally, and this was – I don't even know how long ago, forever ago, uh, we did not – have a schedule uh, it, when we were selling real estate, for example, we would have a disciplined schedule probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, because psychologically it was torturous for us to have these schedules. And eventually, as our business maturity improved, and as we saw that we, the benefit of having done you know three days of the week of doing what we didn't want to do when we didn't want to do at the highest level, well, if you add a day, then guess what? It does snowball, and you get more benefit. So that's what we don't take as long as we did to figure this out just do what we you know do what we're suggesting here as i said earlier a smart man learns from his mistakes a brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others so add this concept to your life and you're going to find that over time and it doesn't even take that long if you started doing uh, just a sliver of the daily minimum standards you just pick three things you're going to call five centers of influence and pass clients a day you're going to start going to otf and you're going to start monitoring your carbs and keeping it within a healthy level how much different would your life be in just 90 days think about that and did i just ask any of you did i ask any of you to do something that you couldn't easily do all of you can do with that. Okay, how, here's another one. What if you were to start basically uh, calling one for sale by owner a day? You've never done it before, I know. You're terrified of it. Yes, FISBOs, Ether, Young, the whole thing. But if you were to start calling one FISBO per day, you might be terrible at it for the first two or three weeks, but you don't give up. And then in the third week, you're using our scripts, you're using our objection handlers, you're getting more confident. You never like doing it, but you do it anyway. I never said you were supposed to like doing it. You never will probably like doing it, but it doesn't matter because you like the results that come of uh, having done it, right? And then you start taking listings. In your marketplace, how many additional listings or how many – what's every listing worth to you? Some of you it's five grand, Others of you it's fifty grand. You get the point? And what did it take? Just a tiny bit of effort, maybe a half hour of added effort a day, or really making, what, enough calls to find a FISBO? FISBOs want you to call. So generally speaking, it's going to be, what, the whole thing, 15 minutes on the phone? So I'm asking you to work maybe with people you call that don't answer in the conversation where you do get someone on the phone. I'm asking you to work an extra half hour a day. That should be a minimum standard for all of you. So get this concept because life, business, real estate specifically, does not have to be complicated. It's not about endless lists of things you can't get done or telling yourself you're too busy or telling yourself there's, there's no time or filling your days with meetings that don't make you money or having hang, spending your time with people that don't reinforce your goals. These are all the things that you need to take a hard look at purging from your life and just minimizing the, the exterior interference you have in your life. Focus, and that goes back to Media Free, which we've talked about before in the show, but have a disciplined day starting with a schedule. The items in your schedule that take priority that you should be focusing on every day are the things that are going to have the most impact. And if you don't know, if you aren't sure what those are, make a list of all the things that you're avoiding doing in your real estate and personal life, and those are the things that should make up your schedule. It's kind of funny how that works. So listen, guys, we do listen and we do read your emails. If you need us for anything, please email us directly. It's Tim at Tim and Julie Harris com or Julie at Tim and Julie com. You can also text me. I've been getting some great texts. It's uh, 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.